Well, a guinea core, Erin. It's a very great pleasure to be here today as we celebrate the opening of the 13th annual Blue. And I do, as I have just said, want to thank you for the very warm welcome that you've given to me and to Sabina and to those who are with me. And I, I must say as well, I, I realise it's always a pleasure to be allowed as a little interlude between the distinguished chefs you have. Nevin is over there, whom I meet every, every year, and his colleague over here, and I so wish you all well. This year, I have really... Uh, Bloom is so important. Uh, this is the 13th bloom, and now in every speech I say it marks the beginning of summer. Whereas as to when summer begins and ends anymore is not so fixed, which is the substance of what I have to say really in a moment. But it's an event that draws the most democratic version of Ireland. People from all ages and all circumstances and all over the country. Last year, 120,000 of them. And if the weather stays kind, as they might say in County Clare, there will be even more here this year. Every year, Bloom, and I'm just after coming through so many of the gardens, reminds us of the great horticultural skills, both traditional skills that were there in Ireland, ones that were discovered, and many that are being recovered, that are based on the love of nature and the respectful and creative use of our lands and garden that is available to us here in Ireland. So Bloom brings together, as you've just heard, it began with horticulturalists, garden designers, food producers, floriculturalists, landscapers, and craftspeople, all sharing their skills and the results of their skills with the many visitors who attend the festival each year. That's why Bloom is so more inclusive than other festivals in other parts of the world. Bloom is now firmly established as part of the rhythm and the ritual of Irish year. People say just as easily as they would say, are you going to grow? Or they would say, are you going to bloom? So synonymous with the departure of spring and the emergence of another summer season, there is bloom. An event during which many thousands of us come together to celebrate the renewal of nature with its rich variety of flowers and plants, fruits and vegetables, its source of food and drinks gifted to us by our rich Irish soil. And in its combination of horticulture, and also now, and it's getting so, so important, artisan food, I think Bloom allows us to celebrate both nature and the human mind and the human hand. And it is one of the great sources of courage to people in all their circumstances to witness the renewal of nature and also so many people as well the movement that is involved in the baking of breads. Broom provides us with a chance to appreciate the joys of gardening and horticulture but it also reminds us of the need to reflect on the sustainability of our own actions and our own mode of living as individuals and as a national community. And this year is an important year. I was introduced and said this is the first year of the second, my second term as President of Ireland. 
It's a terribly important year because we have declared a climate and a biodiversity crisis. And we're not just using words. In a moment, I want to just say one or two words about that. This is the year where we have to begin to put into action all of the commitments and the words we have made in relation to our connection to nature. I think sustainability, really when, when people speak about our own, all individuals can help and communities can help. And I'm not only talking about ecological sustainability, the ability of the earth and what's on to renew itself, but sustainability in our economic and social life. And whether we can, by that I mean from people around the country, that our villages, our rural life, our way of farming, what we know and so forth, and also what we know of living in cities, be able to reproduce itself. How are we to meet the challenge of providing necessary materials and a nurturing environment to ensure human flourishing in the wider sense and to do so in a way that we can hand on to future generations and in a way that's respected, not diminished. And I meet many community groups throughout the country and going through today, I met many other voluntary groups, for example, the Dementia Group and others, who see the importance of sensory opportunities to people suffering from dementia and all of the other groups. But now I said, climate change is now the greatest existential threat facing humankind. There's nothing abstract about it. It's not something that's happening somewhere else or that other people are talking about it. We can see it taking place in our own lives, in gardens, in fact, actually, gardeners are the people that can set off the warnings. What I referred to recently, there is it where the canaries in our coal mine. We see the effects in Ireland. Plants are flowering earlier on average in the past decade, in a, faster than since records began. Tree buds are unfurling their leaves on average two to three weeks earlier now than 50 years ago. And I think this is called season creep. Now, some people say, isn't this great? There's an economic benefit. Longer growing seasons can have benefits in horticulture. But it leaves plants and trees more exposed to disease and shock from cold spells much more, and they're much less likely to occur than were much more likely to occur in the growing seasons of the past. And I'd like to say some words then on how those many of you who are here who are garden lovers and nature lovers, all of us, can play in tackling the catastrophe that is climate change. For each and every one of us can play our part in making our living habits and our environment more sustainable. The way we lay out our planning and the gardens, appropriate landscape management through a suitable selection of plants and trees, how through doing that we can contribute to supporting wildlife, enhancing biodiversity in our immediate surroundings. I want to say something I'm afraid that has to be said very directly. Native hedgerows play a hugely important role in biodiversity and in responding to climate change. 35 bird species nest in the hedgerows of Ireland, and many more use these for shelter and feeding. And they're also critical for insects, including pollinators and for mammals. And their potential for storing and sequestering carbon is widely acknowledged in the scientific literature. 
Hedgerows and their associated trees, banks, ditches and margins provide a precious multifunctional resource in our countryside, benefiting plants and wildlife, agriculture, water quality, flood mitigation, tourism and the general community through their landscape value. But here now is the bad news. Data from 17 county hedgerow surveys indicate that only one third of hedgerows are in a favorable conservation rate due to inappropriate management, leaving potential for greater carbon sequestration through an improved quality stock while supporting wildlife. So I must say, as President, we've elected new councillors and new local authorities all over the country, and I'd very much like to see a concerted effort across all local authorities to redress the situation on the hedgerows and indeed to implement a shared plan as well for all our pollinators. <laughs> now, similarly, a suitable approach to natural surfaces could allow soakage and minimize the runoff in the event of heavy rain, thereby reducing the risk of erosion and flooding. In practical terms, this means avoiding the construction of unnecessary hard landscaping in gardens and opting for softer, more natural options. You will have seen them here. Regarding fertilizer use, nitrogen from fertilizer boosts the growth of algae, causing water pollution that I've often witnessed indeed on the Corrib. And nitrous oxide, the gas that emanates from fertilizer application in soils is a particularly potent greenhouse gas. It is over 300 times more powerful than carbon, more 300 times more powerful than carbon dioxide, the chief greenhouse gas, which needs to be curbed in order to mitigate climate change. We must ever be responsible in any use of fertilizers, and especially nitrogen-based types, and be cognizant that such fertilizers can result in the emission of powerful greenhouse gases that are contributing to climate change. And I want to urge gardeners and horticulturalists to consider using alternatives, including organic forms of fertilizer, to limit the negative effects on our climate and natural environment. We have to choose the way we live, achieve a balance, get to identify what are the sources of stress and needless aggression, sometimes measured as efficiency. Wildlife-friendly gardening focuses on native flowers, and I'm heartened to see that a focus of bloom continues to be on indigenously grown flowers and trees, and that climate change and sustainability is a focus for so many of Ireland's top gardeners showcasing their talents at bloom this year. Among the many exciting and stimulating show gardens include that of Leit and Oliver Sherman, who showcased their underwater aquamarine garden, which aims to demonstrate the growing problem of marine pollution. Fingal B Positive, a large show garden designed by Fingal County Council, Jane McCorkle and Technology University of Dublin, demonstrates our gardeners can play a valuable role in reversing the decline of bees. And Lewin Chiao from Trinity College, who with colleagues Don Gray and Dunsey Lee have designed the E3 garden, offering a an ingenious solution to the growing threat of drought in Irish gardens and wildlife. The bringing together of all those involved in the many stages of production, delivery and retail of our food, drink and plants reminds us that such vital activity 
has its roots deeply embedded in land which owes an ecosystem that must be protected, conserved and nurtured. It invites us to remember that as well as reaping the benefits of the land, we must also contribute to its sustainability through such measures as I've suggested, including the planting of trees and shrubs and the safeguarding of our hedgerows and ditches. But I do want to think, isn't it useful as well as we go around to think? We import 22.5 billion worth of food into this country. Maybe we should make a better effort to feed ourselves and make a better effort to try and encourage those who are producing locally, and we should support those local producers and give them everything. Some people suggest that it is a necessary economic activity that the profits of the retail sector flow out of the country. But at least we have some choice over what the food that we buy and where it comes from and who to support. But the most urgent message I want to emphasize today is in relation to biodiversity. All the life that we're part of, I want to draw attention to our role in promoting biodiversity in the light of the latest report from the United Nations Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, a long title. It's 1,500 pages, but what it says is important. 145 authors from 50 countries, and it sums up 15,000 scientific papers. And all I have to say is, the report's findings are stark. It is an understatement to say it concludes that an abundance of native species in most major land habitats have fallen by a fifth since 1990 alone, and approximately a million species are at risk of extinction in the coming two to three decades. That number includes 40% of all amphibian species, 33% of corals, 10, about 10% of insects. It amounts to a biodiversity crisis that spans the globe and threatens every ecosystem. The results echo much of what we already know. Life on Earth is in peril. Humans are to blame, the Anthropocene, and it will likely take millions of years for the Earth to recover from the biodiversity crisis, but we must start immediately. Earlier this month, Ireland became the second country in the world to declare a climate and biodiversity emergency. Increased ambition is now needed across all levels of our society if we are to play our parts in reducing our carbon footprints and reducing the devastating impacts of climate change and biodiversity loss. And we do all this so that the wonderful nature that we involve will be available to future generations. And I do want to pay tribute to those organizations in the conservation area who will be providing information on the valuable work that is done. Organizations represented here by like Antashka, the Irish Wildlife Trust, they are doing so much to protect our natural environment. I've mentioned our bee population, and I'm pleased that yet again the Federation of Irish Beekeepers are here to advise us of the bees' significance as the world's most important pollinator of food crops, and of the Federation's work in fostering the skills of beekeeping in ways that are environmentally sustainable. So good luck to those 3,200 beekeepers, and may you multiply.
Now, 30% of Ireland's wild bee species are threatened with extinction. Bees are in trouble in every country in Europe. Studies suggest that we in Ireland are losing butterflies and bees at a faster rate than the rest of the world. Pollinators are important for those services that provide, as I've said. Without them, we would lose some Irish produce that we enjoy. And the beauty of the Irish landscape would be affected if the decline in pollinators is allowed to continue as they maintain the diversity of our wild plants and support healthy ecosystems. And for growers, the loss of the pollinators will lead to lower crop yields, reductions in quality. And for the consumer, it will mean reduced choice and higher prices for the fruits and vegetables that are an essential part of our diets. And that's why there is the good news is the artisan food sector is rapidly growing in this country, signifying, I believe, a very welcome reconnection to the land as new generations explore innovative ways of producing food using methods that are sustainable and ethical. And I think again, and really, wouldn't it be just so important if we made an effort to produce, to feed ourselves responsibly. We are importing so much food. And as to our diets, this year the artisans food sector, this is the good news, will showcase nearly 70 innovative smaller scale Irish producers of farmhouse cheeses, preserves, baked goods, confectionery, juices and so much more, including a number of new leading edge brands. And every wheel of cheese, every keg of beer, every slice of smoked fish will have been carefully produced, fermented and seasoned by a person rather than a machine. Each artisan producer is passionate and proud and connected to what they produce. And very often it is the whole family that is involved. And they should be supported. It is part of our good news too that Ireland has developed a strong reputation as a producer of quality, traceable specialty food. But small food businesses make such an important contribution to our economy, sourcing locally, using skilled craftspeople, contributing to the social, cultural and ecological dimensions of our society. I come to the end. Bloom, in its origins, was founded on a celebration of gardening and proudly showcases the talent and skill of those who enrich our lives through their love of gardening and growing. One man said to me he had an advice to give one time. He said, you should put your hand in the soil at least once every morning to remind you of where you are. The growing of plants for recreation and ornamental purposes can, of course, play an important part in maintaining sustainable rural community through its significant employment creation. And at the moment, in some of the most remote areas, its value now is 71 million euro. And that is a great source of hope. And we can be very grateful then to the Bloom Festival for the profound contribution it makes to the evolution and expansion of that sector through both its support for all those involved in amenity horticulture and in bringing of the best of that work here to Phoenix Park ever, every summer to be enjoyed by all. Marfocal Squiris Min Lambuik is a goal. Lagotin a critic on Bloom Gavilis and Edgar Carpweave Law. Gambuikish Labour Biasakt and Quirich Yolchitam. Leshen Lagdegre Asakt the Quidai Pretilish. Le Ithik the Naipre Pipe Lakskakra the Yenenshit. 
May I then thank, as I have just said, and commend all those who have brought Bloom 2019 to fruition. And I thank both B and the event organizers for their generous and dedicated work, and the Office of Public Works and everyone else for all they do to ensure the Phoenix Park remains a place of enjoyment, beauty, and community. And all of the organizations who have contributed to the success of yet another Bloom Festival. I wish all those who visit Bloom and May they be many, an enjoyable and informative experience. Mila Buikas Karamila Mahaki, Agaspinukis Saltas and Filia, Asa Guidamansha, Ibark and Finisha. And may I now say, may Bloom go from strength to strength, and I formally declare Bloom 2019 officially open. Karamahaki, thank you.